It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, is the early season success sustainable for the Oklahoma City Thunder? You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, me member, editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. On today's show, brought to you by Game Time. We're joined by Oklahoman beat writer Joel Lorenzi making his debut on the show. Is this sustainable for the Thunder Chet? Case and everything you want to know about, we'll talk about on today's show. Again, brought to you by Game Time. Uh, Game Time, go to download the app, create your account, and use code Locked NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. And thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We are for you, Joel. You're here for us today, talking better basketball. How have you enjoyed uh, uh, the new dig so far? It's fun, man. Like just, uh, I mean, obviously covering covering colleges before, like you know, this was the goal. So like just being around the NBA, being on the road, being, you know, everything about it has just been been dope, bro. So I, I can't complain at all. And, I mean, the team's been good. So, like, I really can't complain, you know. So The team has been good. You got your start here, the, the start of the season. And so with how the Thunder have performed right out of the gate, do you view this as a sustainable start for Oklahoma City? Yeah, probably not, right? Only because, um, I mean, you look at, like, like Case and Wallace being the league's uh, leading uh, leader in three-point efficiency, like, not to say he's not a good shooter, which I, th- I think he is, um, but, like, some of these numbers, like, for OKC have been outrageous um, just in terms of early efficiency, and some of them have already started to drop off, but, like, I mean, a few things. Like, one, they I think they've caught breaks schedule-wise, like, just between guys maybe being 
hurt or you know certain circumstances or back to backs. Like they've they secretly caught some breaks. Not to say that they won't continue to be good, but I think a uh, a slump will will come. Um, and I think right now we we viewed them as like almost perfect. Like even their losses, um, having I think their worst loss by far was the Nuggets loss, which was you know the first few games of the season. Um, and since then, like it's either been a tight game. Like I think back to the Warriors game where the, that call decided that game and um, some of their other losses were like <clears throat> just uh, late game stuff, uh, young team stuff, I guess, which Mark would disagree with. But um, that, yeah, I, I, I don't know how much of the shooting and stuff is sustainable, um, but I, I'm not sure it needs to be. I think this team is genuinely good. Uh, second in the conference, I don't know if that's sustainable, but I, I, I think – by now, they've probably convinced us that they're a playoff team, right? Yeah, I, I think that this Thunder team is a playoff team. Would you consider them a top six seed in the West? How steep do you think the eventual kind of mean will be? Um, it, I mean, we got so much time left that it's hard to say. But um, like I said, like they've they've caught breaks in that they've been relatively healthy. J Dub missing those three games was the most they've been hit with, you know real injuries. Um, Shea missed a game, I believe. Um, yeah, against Golden State. Yeah, and they played, like, they played the Kings, who who were missing Fox at the time. Um, they played Golden State, who missed Draymond all those games and um, missed Steph, I think, the first time. Um, they've played a couple games against the Bulls, or, like, you know, they've caught the Bulls early in their implosion. And I don't think the Bulls are going to suddenly get better. I think they are who they are, but um, they've they've caught some breaks early um, versus you know I don't know other other teams who who uh, you know they haven't played like a Boston yet or they haven't and and some people will say oh well this team doesn't have a signature win yet maybe that's true I I thought you know at the time the the win in Golden State after the Chet buzzer beater three was probably their signature win but you could argue that it's not in the grand scheme of the, the season maybe they're still looking for that that win that convinces you I don't I don't know that. The Dallas one necessarily um, convinced people too much for obvious reasons. So, um, so yeah, I, I think top six seed. I think that's fair. Um, I think stuff will still have to level out, um, but I can see them being five, six. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I think that this team will avoid the playing tournament in a good way. I think that they've had a lot of you know quality wins. I think Dallas was still a quality win. It was an odd way to get there, but to survive multiple Dallas runs, including 30-0, kind of just shows what this team is is made of a little bit. Now, the Ringer came out with their ranking of players, an updated ranking. We discussed this a little bit at the Blue Game this afternoon. Shea coming in at number eight. Is that fair? Where would you rank Shea? Just kind of lay out you kind of your NBA opinion right here. Yeah, you know, I didn't scroll through the whole list. Um, I thought all those rankings were interesting Thunder-wise. Um, and, and those things are so subjective. Like, even the ESPN list before the season caught some, caught some flack. Like, uh, you can never win doing those lists. Like, you just can't win. Um, as far as Shea, and we talked about this, as far as Shea being eight, I think eight to ten range, um, I'll listen if you say seven, is fair for him right now, especially with, you know, how good he's been. As far as this season, he's probably been – he's probably had a top five start to the season. Um, he's just been money. Um, the stuff he's doing is just basically in his sleep. The two-way stuff um, has reached a level that I don't think it has before in his career um, to where he's had multiple games of, you know, five steals, 
Um, there's a lot of pressure off of him as a defender, considering they got POA guy like Lou and POA guy like Kaysen now to where he can just be that help guy and off-ball defender. And I, it's really helped him maybe not peak as a defender, but um, it's he's reached his – from what we've seen, his peak so far as a two-way guy. And so I think he's had a top five start, but I think he's still probably along that fringe of like right inside the top ten. Um, eight, I thought, like blindly is probably fair. Um, but like seeing who he leapfrogged was kind of crazy, like seeing him leapfrog KD and Brian, Like they had D-Book at seven. And don't get me wrong, D-Book uh, raised his status in my personal you know, in my inside my own head, based on you know what he was doing the last postseason, um, how he kind of elevated his game. Uh, but I don't think D Book. I, I don't know that I want to say D Book is better than than Shea right now. I think they're in similar ranges. Um, I thought the conversation. I don't know when the conversation moved from you know skipping past Braun and, and KD right. Like when did we get to oh Shea and and Book right there are the are the seven and eight. Yeah, I think the reckoning is fair. I think that, you know, with Shea, you could argue he's better than D, but that's going to be, like you said, subjective. Each market is going to think that their guy is the best when you get up to this level where it's so hard to separate how great, you know, the, the top of the guys are. This this is a very razor-thin edge. If you want to put a priority on the, the defensive impact and lack thereof for other players, I can see where you move Shea up to list above eight. But in general, eight is a is a good mark for Shea from the ringer. Now the ringer also rated Chet, but more specifically on Chet, has this start been what you were expecting? Has it been better than expected? Like where do you, where are you at sitting right now with Chet's first 19 games of his career? Yeah. I, I'm not sure how many people can honestly claim that they expected him to look this poised, this mature, this, this far along, I guess um, he's been a real, like I, I especially think people probably expected the the race between him and Wimbayama to be, you know, much closer. I'm not I'm not saying it's it's way distant or something. Um obviously very different situations, but I I I did come into the season thinking Wimby would have this nutty stat line um and just be, you know, kind of brush over all the the malpractice going on in San Antonio, but it, it hasn't exactly worked out that way. And a lot of that is because of his surroundings and whatnot. But Chet, I mean, Chet, with the surroundings, um, he's kind of stamped himself as this team's second best player, even even on nights when, uh, you know, the three isn't falling, which has happened, you know, a couple times recently. Like, the defensive impact is is there, man. Like, he's really mature on that end. Um, just as a rim protector, a guy who's, you know, playing at the level of the screen, the way he moves around, it's just – it's all – like, I mean, it has people in this gaze where they're like, okay, he, the movements are like KD, the movements are like this. Like, it's hard not to compare him to other people because of how how well he's moving and how good he's looked. Like, he's had a crazy start to the year, and, and I don't think anybody could say that, you know, the, the rookie of the month stuff is is anything but deserved. I, I don't know that there was a, a guy behind him that was even remotely close. Yeah, I think that he deserved Rookie of the Month for the Western Conference. He got it uh, in the last couple of days. I think that he has been better than expected this quickly on both ends. Obviously, the efficiency is stuff you just don't see from a rookie. The defensive stuff you don't see from a rookie as good as he is right now. And and him playing the bulk minutes, him playing back-to-backs, uh, all that stuff it was really encouraging so far through his first 20 games. And I think that uh, the voters have also earned some some credibility. I, I, I thought that you know there was no way we'd be having – 
rookie of the year discussions because these voters were the same ones who, you know, had Victor, you know, as the best prospect since LeBron and the hype around Victor was so severe that I thought he would get the benefit of that with the voters all season long. And then to the voters credit, a lot of them are uh, right now through 20 games picking Chet. There's still a long way to go with if he's actually going to win the award uh, for rookie of the year, but still Chet's been awesome uh, for this team on both ends. And he's been, I, I think he's proven the model for the Thunder where they want to use him as a center. It can work and it is working. And I think it's going to work. Yeah. And, and, the the Victor best prospect since Bron stuff. I'm not going to dismantle that because it, in terms of strictly being a prospect, like Victor was and is still like that. Obviously, again, like I mentioned, his his situation out there. They're trying like the Sohan point guard experiment, and Trey Jones isn't really all that good. I think I I came into the year thinking like Trey Jones by the end of this rebuilding thing for them that he could be like a good backup point guard for them. I don't even know if in the end stages he'll be that for them. Like I, I, I really haven't been <laughs> super pleased watching the the guys they surrounded him with, and obviously there's a stark difference in you know how the, the ball placement between Trey Jones and and Sohan for obvious reasons. But even then, like people are people are right when they say Wemby doesn't have it as good as Chet. But even then, um, what Chet has done with it, um, like you said, the efficiency. Um, he never steps out of himself. Um, everything always comes within the offense. It's not like he's overexerting himself, right? Obviously, he doesn't have that kind of load like a first option um, would because he's not one. But um, what he's done within his shot selection, within the load he's been giving, um, you know, on both ends, it has been nuts. Like, it's it's been insane to watch. And, and um, I don't know the exact on-off numbers, but I know when he when he's off the floor, I'm like and, – and the Thunder have done fine experimental things um, but when he's off the floor, I'm like, bro, I need to see him back on because he's he's been that impactful, you know. So that's been true with Chet Holmgren. We're gonna have your three surprises about the Thunder and three surprises about living in Oklahoma City coming up, as well as talk about the rest of this roster. But first, once here right now, but good friends over at eBay Motors, folks. eBay Motors is great because they have the perfect fit for your ride every time. And with that. They've partnered with Josh Lloyd to get you the perfect fit for your fantasy team as well. It's Locked On Fantasy Basketball, Josh Lloyd, uh, and he's given us some perfect fits for our fantasy team so far. No matter if you're playing daily fantasy sports or playing uh, in a season-long league, a few options to pick up this week. Patrick Williams back in the starting lineup for Chicago. Obi Toppin shooting lights out for the Pacers right now in a high-powered offense. Kelly Oubre, Derek Lively. Killian Hayes. I have to go Derek Lively. He gets spoon-fed by Luka Doncic, and he's taking advantage of it. He is going to help you at a, at a center spot that there might not be a ton of options. If he's still around in your league, you should go pick up Derek Lively from Josh Lloyd. And now you should go to eBay Motors and pick up whatever parts you need for your car with over 122 million parts to choose from. Make sure your number one ride or die keeps on cooking and the ride stays smooth. So they have brakes, LED lights, they have roof racks, bumpers, whatever you need to keep your baby up and running. eBay Motors has it for you, and it has the eBay guarantee fit. That's why I love it so much, because, Joel, I know nothing about cars, absolutely nothing, and I am able to just go there, plug my make, my model, my year into their database, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way I'm not guessing. That way I'm not picking the wrong one. That's why it's the guaranteed fit. 
And at these prices, you're be, you're going to be burning rubber and not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at eBay Motors. Go to eBay Motors right now. Guaranteed fit is only available in U.S. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Check out the Lockdown Sports Today YouTube channel as it's a 24-hour stream of all the biggest stories in sports. Joel, you are the Oklahoma beat writer joining us today, and we're going to discuss your move to Oklahoma City and the surprises from this Thunder team. So hit us with your three biggest surprises about the Thunder and then your three biggest surprises about living in Oklahoma City. Surprises about the Thunder. Hmm. That's tough. I, I, I guess number one would be how well they've they've done to start the season. I uh I wasn't as harsh on them as, as Joe Mazzato was. I think he had them as like a play-in-ish team. I probably would have said they were an eight or seven seed. Um, and I know my take earlier wasn't much higher than that. Did they finish, you know, fifth or sixth? Uh maybe, maybe they finished fourth. Um but they've certainly been better than what I previously imagined. And a lot of that, again, has to do with Chet being as advanced as he is and, um, you know, J-Dub just getting better um, with another year, um, Shea being as good as he's been. And a lot of it is, is it's been probably the hot topic this week among Thunder Twitter is, you know, how good and cheap their bench has, you know, looked. And now it's coming into focus because – there's, there's this thing now where people are like, well, it's a championship window, and others are like, well, uh, maybe not. But but so long as, you know, they kind of had this, this unit of cheap, good, genuinely good talent surrounded by that, that core three, um, it puts pressure on, on the Thunder probably. I don't know about this year, uh, but certainly this summer and beyond that to to really take that, that next step. So they've surprised me in, in just where they are in the rebuild and, and how good they've been. Um, other than that, surprises about the the Thunder. Damn, um, I don't know. I, I think I think uh, hmm, the the building. Well, the building is interesting. I, I obviously I've been to a few arenas now um, in these past couple of weeks, and I think their setup is interesting. It's very uh, I don't know. It matches the OKC vibe. It's it's uh, it, it doesn't do too much. But it's, it's good. Like, I, I, I like being home. I didn't like being home for those six straight games or whatever to start the season. That was <laughs> that was overkill. But uh, I, I like Paycom and just the general setup. And, of course, where I sit, I got I got a great seat every every game. So I can't complain about that. And I, and then I think uh, kind of the, the fan base here has maybe not surprised me because I think I had an idea. But um, it is – almost overwhelming like I came from Omaha right so um you know OKC kind of feels like Omaha but you just throw an NBA team in into the mix and I think it's underrated how much that does for a city like it genuinely elevates and changes the city and so just seeing the fan base and and how how strong it is how immersed they are like it's it's been crazy to see interactions and obviously that comes with Hella trolls and and everything else under the sun that comes with a fan base, but it's it's been it's been overwhelming to see the some of the feedback, especially in, in recent weeks because we've had a pretty interesting start to the season. So, 
It has been a very interesting start to the season. But Joe, Joe, going back to your first surprise is how good this team is. And then you mentioned the bench and and, and kind of the window. To me, I'm not expecting the Thunder to do anything severe at all this trade deadline. But I think that, as you alluded to, in the summertime, at that point, with a full-scale season and, you know, as it's tracking right now, a postseason series, at that point, there's going to be uh, more pressure and, and more uh, kind of, uh, of a discussion to be had about what the next step is because you want to maximize on what the Thunder currently have. They got there a lot quicker. They got there maybe unexpectedly, but every NBA team wants to have a superstar that is flooded with uh, cost-controlled talent, and that's what the Thunder have right now. And so where are you at in terms of just, you know, as an observation, do you think that the Thunder, the window kind of should be delayed until the summer, kind of let this season play out? What are you expecting? Just kind of what's your vibe there? Yeah, I think we just got to change the language because I don't know I don't know right. if you really say this is their championship window. No, yeah, for sure. Not their title window. Not at all. I just, I don't think that they would, I, I think that fans are waiting for this big move to signify that like this team is trying to win again. I think that they're already trying to win. I think that they're already like going towards wins every single night. And I don't know that a big move is ever going to happen with the Thunder. I think that the big move, uh, you know, might just be letting these young guys develop. And, and the and the move you see might be, hey, go shore up the fifth starter. Hey, go get uh, a really nice rotational player. Like that might be the big move versus going and trading for uh, this star player to really let you know it's been hit into overdrive. I'm not sure they're ever going to go trade for a star player. Even with all the assets that they have, they're going to keep using those to prolong uh, this this opportunity, right? To prolong your ability to get more cost-controlled talent down the line. But, you know, to rephrase the language, as you said, do you expect anything to happen crazy at the deadline versus kind of feeling it out toward the summer? Probably not. And 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 so going back to my point about changing the language, I, don't, I, would, I would, instead of saying championship window, I would say that there's contender pressure on them. Like maybe not, maybe not now, but like, certainly approaching the summer um because i think i think this year is necessary for them as much as people hate to hear it um i don't think they should just be um you know going full-on experimental trying these rubik's cube lineups for all 82 games i think it, it has to reach a certain point where they fixate on something they like and something they feel will win <clears throat> and i know it's kind of diagnosed thing anyway but um i think at a certain point like I guess, and, and I kind of tried to ask Mark about this today, and and he, you know, alluded to, you know, they're always kind of developing, they're always in this sort of develop, developmental state, like it's their value. It's not a, it's not a, a state really, but um, I think you have to go through this year as much as people don't want to hear it. You have to see how far this core plus this this core of reserves, cheap reserves that are playing well, how far they can go on their own. Uh, maybe you add a reserve at the deadline that can, you know, make some noise that can ch- kind of shift things up and, and change a look that you don't like from a lineup with Giddy or, you know, you don't like something Mishich gave you or you don't like something whoever couldn't give you. Maybe you go out and get that um, or try to address, you know, rebounding or something, something that overlaps. But I don't think, like, obviously people, the, the main target I see is, is lowering marketing and while he fits great, I don't think, that works at the deadline. I don't even know if that would be possible. Um, I I think eventually it will be, but at the deadline, I'm not sure how much sense it would make, um, and it wouldn't change, you know, the, the championship chances of a team who hasn't played in a playoff series 
to just become instant contenders, right? Like, I think that's a I think that's a summer move, um, if it's to happen at all. And I don't I, I I don't know if you saw this conversation yesterday where people were I think Nate Jones kind of started it, but um, the whole conversation about this core three is, you know, who they should move forward with and they should be trying to you know build right. around them, you know, call safe guys that are just good playing reserves and and whatnot. And I, I agree with that that kind of mold. But I also don't think that excludes a guy like Laurie. I mean, it depends on how you feel about Laurie um, and his potential and who he is as a player. Obviously, he's an all-star. Um, but he he he's not making super max bread, you know what I'm saying? And I saw, like, Michael at, um, at sellout kind of, you know, hinted at the Nuggets trajectory and how they built things around – Jokic and whatnot, and I don't know if this team has a Jokic, but it has a pretty good 1A in, in Shea Gilders and now a pretty good second option in, in Chet. Um, so they can't exactly build the same way, but looking at the Aaron Gordon trade, looking at stuff like that, like I I, I could see Laurie Marketing uh, being that kind of trade for OKC, and I don't see why. I mean, this is stuff we, we can talk about down the line, way down the line. I don't see why – those two ideas can't coexist. Like they can still build around the core three, but the Lori marketing trade can happen and they can treat it like their Aaron Gordon trade. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to follow this team all the way through. And on a daily podcast, we're for sure going to have you on as much as you're uh, available as the beat writer, of the Oklahoma and Joel Lorenzi joins us today coming up your three surprises from living in Oklahoma city. And then also talking about the rest of this roster, but first, what it's say right now, but good friends over at Game Time. Game Time is incredible. They have what you want. They have the lowest prices, last minute tickets guaranteed. Look, we care about the NBA, obviously, doing a daily show about it. And we understand with the NBA, yeah, you know, sometimes that you sometimes you're caught off guard with who's in the lineup, who's out of the lineup. Are they questionable? Are they probable? Are they gonna play? And so if you're wondering, for example, the last game versus the Lakers, LeBron was questionable, didn't really know if he was gonna go or not. You can just wait it out on game time and get the last-minute tickets, lowest prices, all the way through tip-off. Go over there at game time and get you your tickets. They have a view from your seat, so you know exactly what you're going to buy. They have it for you for concerts, movies, music, comedy shows, sporting events, all that good stuff, including uh, job loss protection, event cancellation protection. They have it all for you at game time. Go there right now. Download the Game Time app, create your account, use code Locked On NBA for twenty bucks off your first purchase. That is Locked On NBA, L O C K E D O N NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase by downloading the Game Time app. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Terms and conditions apply. At Game Time, the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Joel. What are your three biggest surprises of living in Oklahoma City? Living in OKC. Hmm. <clears throat> Honestly, I, I don't know that I've been here long enough to have 
a ton of surprises, especially because, I mean, half the time I spent on the road. But uh, the one um, not so pleasant surprise has been the, the trains. I've, I've been. I knew it. I I've, knew this was where been, you were going to go. I've been public about this. You know, the, the trains, I wouldn't have a problem, but they, they only pop up like when you have something to do, like when, when you're trying to get somewhere, which is annoying, obviously. I, I don't think I've ever lived in a city where that was a thing. Like I, and I'm I'm from Chicago, so there's a bunch of things that can obstruct where you're going, including construction, which I, I don't think I've seen a ton of at OKC, which I thank God for. But um, the trains, the trains are they're hard to avoid, man. Like you can't you you can't really avoid them, especially out where I stay. So um, that has easily been the the worst surprise for sure. Um, outside of that, I don't know. OKC. Uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I think I think it's a better city than it gets credit for. Um, I think people really only acknowledge OKC because the Thunder are here, um, which is probably like fair. But after living here, like I get it, man. Like I get why people live here. Like it's it's better than people would imagine. So it is really cool. The trains are not cool, though. I will admit, uh, I was coming back late, late, late night the other day. And uh, a train broke down, not just a train going by. It broke down, sat mm. there 15 minutes, and then the train conductor comes out with a little lantern. He goes, yeah, you guys might want to go find a new route. We're going to be here a while. And it's like, okay. Oh, I had to drive God. all the way. It was, it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. I'm with you. Trains, I mean, what are we doing? Let's modernize things a little bit. Well, was crazy. Like, he was in Harry he, Potter. Yo, he had a lantern. It was, kind of, it was actually kind of cool, but also kind of scary at first. I didn't know for a fact he was a uh, – uh, the train conductor, but then it became clear pretty uh, pretty quickly. But uh, one of the biggest surprises uh, for most people has been Case and Wallace. Now, I thought it was pretty evident throughout media day and training camp with the way Mark was talking, where the players were talking about Case, that they had trust in him and he was going to be a big part of this team. But some people still thought, you know, as a rookie, maybe they ease him in, maybe he doesn't like, you know, have a huge role. But he has had a huge role. And what have you seen from Case and Wallace? And kind of where do you fall on him you know, as a as a kind of uh, prognostic for the rest of his career? Yeah, I think that, I think uh, like somebody asked me just my own mailbag. Um, you know, they asked me how many people I would take above Kaysen in a redraft. And I hate redrafts a month into the season. I answered the question um, delightfully, though, because I think it's a, a fair question because of how much of a pleasant surprise he's been. Um, and again, the shooting, I don't think to that degree will be sustainable, but uh, for him to just be a <clears throat> a guy that can come come down, spot up, knock down shots, and relieve pressure off Lou as a POA guy or you know guard a team's second best player. You know he chased Clay a lot in um in some of those games. So like just the ability to come in as a rookie and do that um, has been huge for them in in their early success, and I think it it's huge moving forward for. You know, I know a lot of people like when he was drafted probably thought, you know, this is a, a Lou duplicate. Like there were some concerns there, but I think it's it's given them freedom to probably more freedom than they had to choose who they want to move off of moving forward, depending on who gets expensive or whatever. If if that if that decision comes, like Kaysen gives them some flexibility. And I think there's probably I don't I don't know yet because we've probably only seen him really try to create like twice off the dribble, but there might be some creator pop there that we just don't know exists because he hasn't had to do that. Like they, they haven't, not only have they not asked him to do that, but he hasn't had to because of how relatively deep that bench has been for a young team. 
Um, so like I know people are pissed at Giddy, understandably so, because he hasn't been good. Um, but you know, casing gives you the freedom to kind of move off of a Giddy or move off of whoever the case may be, like whoever people feel isn't in the long-term plans. Like I don't I don't see how Kaysen couldn't be in the long-term plans. And because of the shot making, um, which is certainly different than Lou, um, it, it gives them some flexibility. All right, Joel, this was a great show about the Thunder. Let's get to know you rapid fire style. Number one, who in the NBA do you play most like? I don't know. I'll probably play like Adam Sandler or some shit. I'm, I'm really, I don't know if I got an NBA comp in me. I'm, I'm, I'm probably too bad to have an NBA comp. Somebody, somebody on a bench, uh, some, some power forward or some shit, maybe Dario. Some, some power forward or something there with Joel. Uh, uh, I've already, I've already announced on the last power rankings of uh, media members playing 2k that I was number one. We're gonna find out tonight if that changes. We might have, we might have to stream. I. We might have to stream this. Can we stream that? Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to stream it because I, you would be taking a huge step if you if you were at number one. Now you're you're automatically like top three because there's not a ton of gamers on the beat. But yeah, going to number one, who's, who's the other huge. person in the top three? Uh, Cade's good at 2K. He's really good at 2K. But you know, we'll, we'll have to. What well, Nick Crane says he's good at 2K. I don't believe him at all. But I'm number one without a doubt right now. Now, we're going to settle it on the sticks in a little bit. But uh, we know you play 2K. What, what are your uh, – give me give me three artists you really like to listen to. Three artists. Oh, we could be here all day. I'm a, I'm a music That's why guy. I said three. Right, all right. Um, I think Kendrick is my favorite all the time. I, I, I don't know about his last album. It wasn't my favorite. I've been spinning it more recently. Uh, but all the time, that's, that's my favorite rapper. Um Outside of Kendrick, I'm a big uh, anybody who collabs with the Alchemist, the producer. Um, I just think all those like Griselda or a sweatshirt, like those type of guys, are great. And then I'm real into soul. Like I like Erica Badu and stuff like that. I got a whole place like Brent Fiaz. Like that's that's my my corner. That's my business. I, I I like that whole lane. So on a scale of one to ten, how much of a basketball sicko are you? I think you know I'm probably like a nine. Um, we we had a back and forth at the G game the other day, and we were two of the three people at the G game. So um, I'm up there. I'd like to think I'm not you. I don't have a spreadsheet on draft guys with with their age with a decimal. Like I'm not I'm not that. But I can go back and forth about who played for St. Peter. Yeah. You just gonna put my business on the street like that? Oh, that I sorry. Hey, I'm I I am the biggest sicko on the beat. I'll wear that proudly, but uh I gotta go watch some uh synergy clips of Juco guys here in a second. But Joel, it's it's been great having you on your debut show. We're gonna uh, hopefully do this again whenever you're free. But let them know where they can find you on social platforms, find your work at the Oklahoma and everything you're doing. Yes, sir. Um my Twitter should be below. It's it's at JXLorenzi. So if you don't know how to spell my name, it's it's L-O-R-E-N-Z-I. Um, that's why I do most of my business. And then, of course, uh, Oklahoma, the, the Oklahoma in the paper or um, Oklahoma.com. They can find me there under the Thunder tab. That's that's mostly me there. Of course, my guy Joe Muzato is still on the beat. He just got done with some college football stuff. So you'll see him there, too. But that those are the two places you can catch me. So uh, we'll and say the, hey, and, and the podcast we do on the pod now, uh, Thunder Buddies, we revived it. So you can catch me there, too.
There you go, Thunder Buddies. I'll say you 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 uh you made your Locked On Thunder debut before Joe did. Joe Joe big time me whenever I was younger in the business, and then we never we never got around to it. So luckily we've had the Oklahoma beat writer on here now. Hopefully we'll have Joe on soon. Joe's great, obviously. Uh, to both of us. But, Joel, thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow for some uh, blue action against Damon Thompson. But until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.